Hello and welcome to app number 11 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast, Australia's new number one swimming podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Thank you all very much for joining us once again as today we continue our very special week for all the loyal listeners out there leading up to this weekend's Pampac Trials down in Adelaide. We still have a few more great episodes for you guys dropping tomorrow and on Saturday with New South Wales swimming stars and training partners Matt Wilson and Brad Woodward coming on for a chat that you will not want to miss. Today though, we have an age group swimming superstar whose talent continues to rise as he now finds himself as one of Australia's best in the pool. We talk to him about his first senior Aussie team experience, as well as the journey that he took to get there. We also talk about how he is looking for the weekend's Australian Pampac trials. So tell the people around you to keep the noise down because EP11 starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Vanderhoof and Penn. But the symmetry of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavish in the white hats. Phelps in the black hats. And Phelps has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe to the front. Thorpe to the hall. Thorpe goes in. Joining us today on the show is a man who arrived on the international swimming scene in a big way earlier this year at the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, where he won himself a gold medal with his part in the men's 4x200m freestyle relay alongside his teammates Mac Horton, Alex Graham and Kyle Chalmers. He is an Australian age group swimming superstar whose talent and potential just seems to keep on rising. Later this week, he'll be in action once again at the Australian Pampac Trials down in Adelaide, where he'll try and book his spot on the team once again for the 2018 Pampac Champs over in Tokyo in August. It's a very big welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to Mr. Elijah Winnington. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. Um, Where have we caught you today? Uh, actually, I'm just at home today, sort of taking the day off to, you know, study and get the uni work done and obviously have this chat. Mate, I'm up in the, uh, in the studio in Brisbane, a uh, beautiful day up here. What's the weather like down in the Goldie? It's pretty good, actually. Um, bit cloudy, but pretty fresh this morning. Pretty fresh. Do you ever go out in the surf? I do. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big surfer. Maybe not so much in winter and, uh, close to sort of swimming trials but more in the summer I'll, I'll get the bodies out in the board and uh, i'll get in the water so you've had the morning off yeah i had the morning off training this morning um you know leading into the trials we get we get a few mornings off that's the good thing about taper so <laughs> you know sort of that the the last minute sleep-ins that we get Mate, you just mentioned there, you're not far away from heading down to Adelaide for the Pampac Trials, which kicks off uh, this Saturday. How's preparations mm. been for that? Yeah, it's been good. You know, uh, coming off the back of Com Games, it was pretty hard to, you know, get refocused and back in the water for a meet so close. But, um, you know, I've had a good couple months leading in and I'm swimming fast and uh, I'm in good shape. So I'm looking forward to 
Sunday when I raced for the first time. Sounds very promising, mate. Um, you're one of the newest members of the team, so this is a great chance for us all to get to know you a little bit better uh, and your journey so far. So let's go back to the start. What's your earliest memories of swimming as a youngster down on the Gold Coast? Um, the earliest memories, competitive-wise, would be, you know, sort of that around eight-year-old age bracket. Yep. Um, I remember I was swimming for Miami at that time um and doing doing my pet event the 200 im back then i uh, i can't really swim breaststroke or backstroke anymore so i've sort of i've sort of stopped that one but um you know i used to love you know those days getting in the water and i used to think 200 meters was so far and nowadays i do 400 so you know it's amazing how times change <laughs> mate were you a natural swimmer uh, my parents say I was, you know, they put me in the water uh, ever since I was, you know, six months old and learned to swim with Superfish and they said, you know, they couldn't get me out and I've seen videos of myself and, you know, the old three-year-old Elijah still had a good freestyle technique. Yeah. How was his kick? Was it strong? <laughs> yeah, he still had a strong kick back then too. <laughs> uh, mate, who were your heroes growing up? Who'd you look up to? Um, obviously when, when I was younger, it was, you know, Ian Thorpe and Michael Phelps, you know, that was when I was sort of, you know, really early into swimming and they were really performing back then. But, um, as of recent times, sort of, I'd have to say guys that are on this team would definitely be, you know, Mac Horton, uh, Cam McAvoy, those type of guys, you know, even though I'm on the Australian team with them, I still look up to them incredibly because, you know, Mac Horton has done incredible things in the sport so young. And um, I remember when I was a young age group swimmer and he was sort of finishing off his age group, I would be, you know, watching him in the stands at the Australian Age Championships and seeing him dominate. And, uh, you know, I've always, I've always looked up to him for that. And, you know, I used to train with Cam for about four years there, four years there. So, yeah. you know, his personality and how he, his work ethic was and just his attitude was something I always looked up towards, not necessarily just this swimming. So um, those two guys are definitely massive inspirations for me. Around what age did swimming start to get a little bit more competitive for you? Um, I would say around the age of around, I'd say 10, when I sort of made my first school nationals and... Um, you know, you go through that whole school swimming stage and you start traveling away and, you know, it was sort of something that I really enjoyed doing and I didn't mind the trainings and all that sort of stuff. So I'd say around the age of 10 is when I really thought this is what I wanted yeah. to do with my future. Mate, young swimmers coming up often play other sports and do other things. Did you ever play a few other sports? I, I didn't, honestly. I was, too, I was too focused on swimming. I didn't play soccer for a bit there but yeah. i injured myself and you know I, my parents said no nah, <laughs> if you want to continue swimming no more and my it. coach was like when i rocked up with a you know sprained wrist he said no nah, we're not doing this anymore so <laughs> i sort of just stuck to swimming fair enough hey um if i was to ask kyle and richard what a few of your bad habits were when you were younger in training what would they tell me <laughs> i reckon they'd probably say I always used to put my head up in the water, which, you know, wasn't always good. And my stroke used to be really, really short. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd say probably my underwaters as well. I would always, you know, come up as soon as I could for a breath. So there are a few things that I really had to work on from when I was younger, like most people. But um, I definitely think those three, they would uh, pin up pretty quickly because they used to harp about me on that 
24-7. Now, I'm hoping the answer is yes, but have you grown out of those bad habits? <laughs> yes, oh, I'd hope so too. I, I, don't, I don't hear it as much from my coach. So oh, that's I, a good yeah. thing. It's a positive. Yeah. That's right. Now, you've been an extremely successful age group swimmer. There's no doubt about that. I think it's something crazy like 26 Australian age gold medals, which is, is just phenomenal. But can you remember your first? I can. Um, my first national age gold medal, it was 2014, um, first night term free. So my first national age gold medal was also the Australian term record, which I got from Kyle Chalmers about two years before. Yep. Um, and I, funny thing is, the, the year before that, when I was 12, I didn't even make a state final for the term freestyle. I hated freestyle. I was always into I am. Um, and those type of events, um, and sort of went into that turn freestyle, you know, just sort of doing it for a go. And I went in and did a really good heat swim. I think I did like about a four second PB in the heat and then another two in the night to win it and uh, break the Australian record. So that one's always going to be in my memories, I think. What was your biggest struggle over the week of an Australian age champs and, and how'd you overcome it? For So for example, I mean, some swimmers obviously struggle with a massive program or, or just the nerves. What did, what did you have? Um, I always had a pretty big program. Um, you know, ever since I can remember, I've done eight, seven or eight events. Um, so that was probably my biggest struggle, not having, you know, a day off or I would race every day and most days or some, I think maybe three of the days I'd have double events. So mm. I'd have to do an event and if I medaled, you know, I'd do the medal ceremony, then have to swim off and sort of recoup myself for the next race. And for a young swimmer, that's sort of hard to, to wrap your um, head around because, you know, when you're old and experienced, you sort of, you sort of can do that a lot easier. Yeah. But when I was younger, you know, once you've won a medal in your, in your event, you know, you're all high in the sky and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's, it takes a skill to, you know, get yourself refocused for your next race because your job's not done and you're only halfway through the night. So I'd say that was my biggest challenge when I was growing up. And I'm sort of glad I, uh, I went through those moments because it's really taught me now that, you know, when I, even if I have one program to stay extra, extra focused on that race and, um, always just, even if it's not that night for the next day, you know, going home, having a good sleep, good dinner and, um, getting ready. Did it take you a while to learn that? I mean, did you have any sort of bad experiences where you're a high on a, on a great win and then you sort of weren't focused for your next race and didn't swim as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I did that this year at the Con Games Trials. I had a really good turn of freestyle um, where I swam, you know, almost a PB time and I came fourth, which I was pretty quite positive would get me on the team. So, you know, I was probably the most excited I've ever been that night and I had the four and three the next day and I just, I don't know really what happened, but I'm still learning and yeah. I couldn't really, you know, get refocused and reamped for that race. And I swam over my time that I did, you know, untapered and I was quite disappointed with the race, but um, it's something I've always just got to learn. So even not from when I was a younger age, even as recently as now, I, I still have to learn and, you know, get things right for the next time. Mate, you're such a dominant age group swimmer. Talk to me about some of the things you had to change or do differently to step up to that elite level and make your first senior Australian team. You know, it's all in all in steps. So, uh, you know, I'd always, you know, race against my age group and 
I would have, you know, some steady competition there, but it was all for me about my, my times that I could do to best improve myself. Yeah. Um, so I would always just be, you know, I write my goals and put them up on my wall and I look at them every day. And regardless of if I came first or if I came sixth at these, you know, national ages, I would have, you know, been happy if I hit those times that, you know, I thought about every single day. So I guess it was more, more so about just my times dropping and, um, when it got to about last year and I swam my first 146 at uh, World Junior Championships, I knew that my times were really progressing to make start making senior teams. So when I sort of came to trials and I was racing, you know, those open swimmers, I thought less about, you know, that I'm in opens now and I just stuck to my same process of focusing about my time and my, my process to, you know, make those times which would eventually make the team. Talking about your processes, do you have any pre-race rituals? Uh, you know, I, I always walk in uh, to the pool with my headphones on and I sort of listen to the same songs, uh, a bit of ACDC. Yeah. My coach loves that. Um, Pumped out. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I always, I always, you know, go through the same dry land warm-up and I have the same, you know, warm-up in the pool. And it's not so much superstition, but I just like having you know, the same process throughout. Yep. And um, right before I hop up on the block, I, I, I pump my chest three times to my coach and it's sort of signaling sig- signaling to him that, you know, I'm going to, you know, give everything in this race and I'm going to put my heart on the line. And he does a few pumps back and he knows <laughs> no, knows how to do it. And, yep. uh, you know, it sort of just gets me amped right before the race. Mate, leading up to the Com Games trials earlier this year, you'd build up some momentum through some great swims and wins at various state champs over the over Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them were already on the team. The people that you beat, most notably at Queensland state champs, where I got to watch your race as well. The two hundred free, you beat names like Cole Chalmers, Mac Horton, uh, Cam McAvoy, people who you said you were looking up to. So that's a world-quality race right there, not just Australian quality. You must have uh, gained some confidence out of that. Definitely. Um, you know, I was sort of going into the Queensland champs. You know, we were unrested because uh, trials was in February so close, but I knew I was swimming well at that point. And uh, like I like I mentioned before, uh, even though I wasn't, you know, tapered for that, I still had goal times and uh Richo and i talked about the process of how we want to attack that race and mm. you know that's all i focused on and i really just tried to go out there and execute that and i did and i swam extremely well so you know when i got out of the water i was extremely pleased not that you know i beat those guys but more so that i knew what i was capable of in two months time when i was uh coming to race the trials yeah um so it did give me a lot of confidence in my own ability to race and you know stepping up against those guys in high-pressure situations. Mate, this year's Australian Champs was massive for you, making your first senior Australian team and booking your spot to compete at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. How were mm-hmm. your nerves in the marshalling area before the 200 free at the trials that night? You know, I was, I was, I was pretty nervous. I, uh, I did the heat and sort of just scraped in with seventh yep. um, and about, you know, one... 1.4 seconds over my best time so that morning you know i didn't quite swim to my expectations of what i wanted to but it's a prime example of you know i had to refocus and get myself ready for the night regardless of how i was feeling so it's safe to say i was very nervous that night because i knew i could swim fast but 
if I had the ability to do it that night, I just I w- almost had self doubts. But um, you know, in the race, I just trusted the process. And Richo talked to me before my race, and he told me my race plan, and I sort of just executed that to my best of my ability, and you know, it got me that fourth and on the team. Is that one thing you have to focus? most on your race plan is there anything else in particular like your skills you're underwater that you have to really try and get right or is it the race plan as a whole you know the the race plan incorporates the the turns and the underwaters and the skills and all that sort of stuff too like uh the race plan i have with richo's detailed all the way to the point from the dive and the amount of kicks to the last 10 meters head down no breath um so you know, it's the whole race plan that I really think about. Um, while the skills are important, and it's something I'm I'm still working on because I still have a very long way to go if I want to, you know, reach to the top of the sport in the best of the world. So, um, it's definitely something I need to focus on uh, a bit more as those skills. But yeah. when I'm sort of swimming now, it's a lot more about the whole race plan because um, a turn of freestyle is a lot more than you know three turns. Yeah. And you mentioned there about the race plan and, and not always getting it right, like in the in the heats. What do you struggle most with about the race plan when it does go wrong? Um, it would be self-confidence because, you know, you put so much time, uh, you know, months leading into a one race. You think about it, I've got, I put in about four or five months of, you know, hard training and trying to get all these little things right for a race that goes for a minute and 46 seconds or whatsoever. So uh, it's a long time if you think about it. And, um, you know, it's hard when it sort of doesn't come together. Um, I was fortunate enough I'd I'd get another chance, but it's hard when it doesn't come together because it's sort of a motivation thing. You kind of think to yourself maybe it was a waste of time, but it's just making sure that you do stay focused and you do believe in yourself that those five months didn't go to waste and you can it regardless of how you're feeling you can pull something together um and swim a a race that you can best do on the night because um although it may not be a pb um all you can do is your best on the night uh you're never always going to swim at your best yeah but um you know i was i was very very happy and very lucky that i sort of got another chance to do it that night yeah well you did Managed to get it right, mate, and you finished with a 147.28 and you got fourth and booked your spot on the team for the 4x2 relay and a, a lot of hot, hard work, sorry, went into making that first senior team. There must have been a bit of emotions going through you there when you first looked up and saw your name. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I sort of, I turned a bit behind Clyde Lewis, uh, Clyde Lewis, I was on the very outside and he was sort of inside of me on the last lap and then, you know, I sort of saw I touched a bit in front of him and I had no idea where I was. I was breathing towards the wall on the way home and, you know, I saw four, fourth and I sort of slapped the water a little bit but, um, you know, I was happy with the result of, you know, making the team in fourth um, but with the 147.2, I was still half a second over my best time that I swam uh, in 2017 so whilst I was very very happy to have made the team I knew I still had more in me that I could have done so it was a little bit frustrating but in saying that uh, it made me work even harder the next five weeks leading into com games and even till now because you know I sort of whilst I was extremely happy to get a relay spot on that team you know it's all about you know the individual swim and that's where you want to eventually get and it's all about looking forward to the future yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I, I sort of can't wait to, you know, show everyone what I can sort of do. Mate, you mentioned your thoughts after the race. What did your coach say to you after the race? Yeah, he was very happy with me. You know, he gave me a hug and uh, he was he was happy with how I executed the race. And I know I did the best I could on the night. I gave it everything I had. I, I just, obviously, you know, it just wasn't the right time for me to do, you know, a PB. But he was extremely happy for me and he was proud of me and, he knew would have a you know a, a good five weeks to get ready for Com Games to do it even better. Mate, we fast forward to the Gold Coast, and everyone has been raving about how good the Com Games was outside of the pool. What was it like being on your first Aussie team camp? It was awesome. Uh, the camp was incredible. You know, you have your all the whole team activities and the the rookie induction, and it, it's such a, a it really brings out the Australian spirit in everyone. You know, everyone's so unified and everyone just gets around them, uh, around your mates. And, you know, regardless of if you're friends or not, when you're on that team, you're all one. Um, and it, it was an experience sort of uh, I won't ever forget. You know, not, not so much the swimming side or the competition side, but, you know, just being around everyone. And you have really had good quality friends around you. And, um, you know, it was awesome to be around. It was such a, you know, Aussie way. You obviously train with Cam, but did anyone else take you under their wing in the camp? Yeah, definitely. Um, the team leaders, Mac, Mitch, uh, and a few other, you know, the girls and stuff. They are uh, they each person is appointed, you know, a a, pers- a, a rookie that they take under their wing. Yeah. Um, and so I had Mitch Larkin, which was awesome because you know he's again accomplished so much in the sport, and he's got such a good character about himself, and um, he's also someone I really look up to. So it was really awesome. I got I got to have Mitch as sort of someone who took me under their wing, but you know the swimming world's quite you know everyone knows each other. So mm-hmm. while I was a new person on the block, you know I was mingling with you know all types of people, and we all just got along. Now, I could talk about the 4 by 2 freestyle relay, but you were there and you were a part of it. So, firstly, how were your nerves heading into that race? Yeah, so in the morning, I didn't... We had to do a swim-off to see who would actually make that final. And um, that was really nerve-wracking for me because it was going to be my only swim mm-hmm. uh, that night. And so, I, I, I fortunately, I made that night swim by 0.01. Um, coming second in that swim off against you know three uh, two other boys and one person missed out. But um, going into that night, I was just I felt so much excitement. Um, you know that morning I was extremely nervous, but the night I had a whole crowd and I was with you know three other boys, Kyle, Mac, you know someone I've looked up to for years, and Alex who I train with. Um, and you know I was just we were all just having fun, and that's why we do the sport to have fun. You know we don't do it. You know, as a prof- we don't look at it as a profession. You know, we yeah. look at it as you know we do it for fun. So it was awesome to just be in that atmosphere, and you know, walking out, hearing ten thousand people scream and cheer was um was definitely an unforgettable experience. Now you mentioned there it was a bit of fun for you guys and the vibe, but what was the vibe like in the marshalling area with all the other teams? Was it where everyone else relaxed? Were some of them intense? Give us a little insight. It, it was actually extremely relaxed. Um, so we were in there with, uh, you know, the English team who obviously has James Guy, who's a very experienced turn freestyler, winning world champs in 2015, you know, Rio finalist. I'm pretty sure he medaled last year. He went 143 in the anchor leg for Britain. 
uh, in 2017 world. So a very experienced guy, and he was sort of just having a chat to all the guys and also Duncan Scott from Scotland. Um, again, another very experienced um, British swimmer who is who is uh, very awesome to see swim. Um, and, you know, all the teams were sort of just chatting around. It was actually a very relaxed sort of uh, environment, which actually helped me a lot because, you know, being on my first international stage, I wasn't sure what to expect yeah. when you sort of walk into those marshalling rooms. But um, to be honest with you, it's really not much different from like a national age. Oh, that's a good thing then. Definitely. Mate, you guys step out on pool deck and you're ready and raring to go. Talk us through the race as you remember it from the start. Um, yeah, so, you know, we walk out and, you know, the announcer calls Australia and it's just, it's a, it, it's an amazing feeling hearing the crowd. But um, anyway, Alex starts us off um, with a great time. He sends a 146.6, I'm pretty sure, which is pretty much was right on his best. So we couldn't have asked much more from Alex and he gave us the lead um, and he handed over to Kyle, who was, you know, he won the tournament individual at those games in an extremely fast time. But he was also up against Duncan Scott, yep. um, the, Scot the Scottish swimmer. And um, he sort of touched the wall. Um, I was swimming third, so Kyle was swimming into me. And he touched the wall just in front of Duncan Scott. Um, Duncan Scott had a really, really good swim that night, um, posting the second fastest time in the pool. Um, so, you know, I sort of had a bit of nerves with about 15 to go because I thought I was sort of jumping in with a bit more of a lead. But, um, you know, I just stuck to my process and I swung my leg in, you know, a point six PB, I think it was, to swim a 145 and the fastest leg for the Australians. Um, to then hand it over to Mac, who, you know, swung at home for Australia and we got the gold and the new games record and, you know, sort of the emotions kicked in as the, as the crowd roared as Mac touched the wall and, you know, I was with three of my really good mates. Were you nervous on the changeover? Uh, I, I was definitely thinking about it, but I was just making sure I was safe. You know, in the camp, we did plenty and plenty of changeovers to make sure we got it right. Mate, what was it like swimming in front of your family and friends? And I say it at home games, but this was on the Gold Coast, so this was definitely home for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I've been born and bred here. So I had from, you know, my parents to my second cousins in the crowd you know it was incredible to you know see them and they were flying a big w flag when when we won and i could see them straight away um in the crowd and it was awesome to see them there and once i'd warmed down i could go see them and go give them a hug which was a big moment for me because i hadn't seen them since i went into camp about two weeks before that so um it was really cool that they were there and able to able to support me Mate, how was it getting the gold with the boys and singing the national anthem? Dream come true? Dream come true, mate. Uh, you know, watching the flag raise and, you know, the other two nations next to you, but your one's on top and uh, the whole crowd belting out the anthem, you know, it's a feeling that not many people get to experience. Did you learn anything else about yourself at those comm games that you, you didn't already know? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know... I, I've never been known to be a very good morning swimmer. Yep. Um, and when I found out I had to do the swim-off, which was in the morning, to make the final squad, I had to swim fast. Um, so 
it's more so that I can, although I may not have done it before, if I just believe in myself, I know I can achieve things. Yep. Um, and I swam a time that morning I didn't expect I could ever swim, even in a night swim. So, you know, I was, I was sort of taken by surprise. And if I learned anything about myself over those games, it would just be that, you know, to believe in myself and I can surprise myself even though I've, you know, trusted the process and all that sort of stuff, I can exceed all of that. And you can do it outside of your comfort zones, I guess. That's right. Mate, talk to me about your coach, Richard Scarce. What's he like on pool deck and what don't we get to see? <laughs> he's, a, he's a very funny character on pool deck, I'll say that. He is the motivation machine. Uh, you know, he's talking about Arnie Schwarzenegger and Rocky 24, 24-7 to get you pumped up. Does he play and- the music? Yeah, oh yeah, he plays oh, the music good. and that's what he got me into the ACDC yeah. and, uh, you know, he he's the perfect guy for me as, you know, when you can be so nervous, he makes you feel invincible and uh, I guess that's might, might not what everyone would be able to see because it's such a personable thing. Yeah. Um, you know, he just, he can take your mind off the worst possible outcome onto you have 100% belief that the best possible outcome is going to occur, and uh, I love him for that. Mate, what do you get up to outside of the pool? Um, well, right now I'm in my second semester of uni, um, so a fair bit of studying. What are you doing there? Su- uh, I'm studying a Bachelor of Business uh, at Bond, so uh, it's a, a really convenient and it's really good, and I'm loving it at the moment. So right now it's a bit of, a bit of exams and study, um, but other than that, I, I, like I mentioned before, I love to surf, um, maybe not so much in winter, but I'll still get out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, just keeping myself busy wherever I can. I'm not so much a, you know, Kermit at home. Mate, your training partner or former training partner, Cam McAvoy, recently decided to move programs and leave Bond. And he's yep. currently trialing around a few different coaches. And there are a lot of people speculating where he'll end up. Have you got some inside info for us? Uh, honestly, I don't know too much. Um, Cam left us after Com Games, and I know he's trialed uh, a squad in Brisbane and maybe a couple squads on the coast here. And I, I still know he's in the trialing process. So... I don't know where he where he's currently going, but I'm quite positive I saw his name in the entry list at Pampax, so uh, we could all see a, maybe a bit of a surprise of where he's up uh, there. But um, you know, he he moved on from Richo, which you know was his own own decision, and he thought it was time for him to move on, and we wished him well. But uh, no, I don't I don't know where he's at now. No, just trying to get some uh, <laughs> a scoop, but it's all right. I'll I'll let you off. Hey, um, a lot of young swimmers listen to our podcast. What advice would you give them about reaching their goals and and staying motivated? It's all about, you know, uh, consistency and, you know, making sure that when you you don't feel like maybe doing something, that that's when you have to do it the most. Yep. I know, I know that was a big, a big factor for me. Um, you know, when you least feel like doing something and then you do it, you feel 10 times better than if you just did it when you wanted to do it. Um, you feel so much better motivation and that sort of stuff. And, you know, when things go wrong, because they do, I've had plenty of things go wrong and the best of swimmers have, best of swimmers have plenty of things go wrong. 
um, to just, you know, stick at it and keep, keep pushing and keep training hard. Um, and you know, it's all about the one percenters that you can, that you can do. So, um, you know, if it means you have to wake up five minutes early to get to the pool to do some extra stretching, or if you need to stay back in the pool to do some extra turn work, you know, all the greatest swimmers have had to do it. I know people, a lot of people say it, but I can guarantee you 99% of that Australian team have at some point in their life had to stay back or do a bit extra to, you know, get where we are today. So if I can give any advice, it's um, one is definitely just stick at it when times go tough. And two is, you know, it's all about those one percenters and doing the little bit extra that are going to, you know, get you in front of your competition. Now, mate, you've had your Aussie team experience with the Com Games, and I, I like to find a bit more out about the Australian team just for our listeners. So I'm going to uh, do a few sentences for you, and you, in your own opinion, I just want you to uh, finish them with the name of the swimmer on the team that you best think it would suit. No, no problem. So the first one is the funniest person on the team is? Uh, Jack Cartwright. Jack Cartwright, very funny. Yeah, well, that's for, that's for me. I, I room with Jack at Com Games, so, you know, I got to see a lot of his funny side, but I think I think Jack's hilarious. What about the biggest pest on the team? Um, <laughs> I'm probably stitching someone up here. Yeah, that's all right. That's um, after. <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> um, Jack Cartwright again. Jack Cartwright, <laughs> Jack Cartwright again. Well, it makes sense <laughs> if you're rooming with him. Yeah, that's right. What about, mate, some of the leaders on the team? And they might not necessarily have been the uh, official leaders. Was there any, anyone that you looked up to as a leader? Uh, he is an official leader, but Mitch Larkin does lead the team very well. Yeah. Uh, regardless of if he had the position or not, you know, he's always that role model that everyone looks up to. And he's very professional in how he acts. And, you know, he's always taking, you know, anyone that feels lost or out of place under his wing. So I'd definitely say Mitch. What about the best singer or dancer on the team? Um, uh, that would go to Liam Hunter, actually. We had in the rookie induction night, we had to, but all the rookies had to play a game and we had to sing a song that they gave us. Yeah. And Liam definitely busted out a few moves and, and sung a song that night. Everyone he loved he it. He could carry the tune better. He, oh, yeah, he could. <laughs> Mate, what about the person... Oh, might have already answered it before the person who gives the best advice um i'd probably say well for me personally i'd probably say cam um you know even before i was on this team cam was always giving me advice of not necessarily just swimming tips but you know how to you know get around and how um you know how we do things on the team when i was there and it was really cool because, you know, he was obviously training with us at the time and it was it was good to see I had someone like Cam who could, you know, I could who I could go to if I needed help. Mate, when we redo this interview in three years' time, now being presumptuous <laughs> in saying that you'll come on in three years' time, but when we do, yep. what accomplishments will I be adding to my intro about you? Uh, we'll hopefully be adding world champs next year uh, and Olympics, obviously, in 2020. Um, I'm not going to, you know, say any positions or placings there yet because, you know, for me, it's going to be about how I track next year and where my goal times are at and, you know, whatever those times get me. If it's at that point, if it's a goal time of 143 and I win the Olympics, great. You can put that in the intro. But 
if it's not, um, unfortunately, we still got to wait a bit longer till 2024, and I know one day I'll eventually do it. Mate, I think you're being very humble and very level-headed. I have no doubt uh, I'll be putting some uh, very big things in the intro about you. With thank no you. Doubt. Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there, mate, though. And thank you very much for agreeing to come on for a chat. I know no you've, problem. You've got a busy schedule right now leading up to trials, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing a few stories. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good luck down in Adelaide. Um, we look forward to seeing you racing once again and hopefully getting you on for another chat somewhere down the track. That'd be awesome. But... but can't wait. Until then, mate, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you very much. Our show is proudly brought to you each and every week by the good people at Way Funky, the great company in charge of the Funky Trunks and Funkita brands. They are one of Australia's leading swimwear brands, making pools all over the country just that a little bit brighter with their original designs and colourful prints. Make sure you go online today at wayfunky.com to check out their latest ranges and deals on not only swimwear, but activewear, beachwear, and accessories. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool.